This is Talkin' Mule Deer with your hosts, Steve Belinda and Jody Stemmler. Talkin' Mule Deer takes you on a journey to learn more about the Mule Deer Foundation, Mule Deer and Blacktail Deer Biology and Management, tips and tactics for hunting, conservation issues, and even features some of our corporate and celebrity partners. Now, let's start talking Mule Deer. I'm Jody Stemmler. I'm here at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. And I'm Steve Belinda, and we're having the distinct pleasure to talk to Jason Matzinger. Jason, How are you doing, Jason? welcome. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me here. The end of the, I guess it would be the first day of exhibiting. It's been a long day already. Yeah. It has been. It feels it's, like. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. Well, I sure. noticed, you know, with the, the little time I've seen you around, you're always, someone's picking your ear, you know. You must be a pretty popular guy in a place <laughs> like this. So. Well, it is, It is. you know, this is my group of people, I guess, if there is one. My herd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These are, you know, it's Western hunters and mule deer fanatics, elk fanatics, sheep fanatics, all Western hunting fanatics are in this room, and that's what I do. I mean, I, I love to create films that appeal to the Western audience more than uh, the whitetail people. So let's start with, how did you get your start? I mean, how? why did you want to start getting into film production and, and making good production about hunting and western hunting and and big game i guess uh to sum it up quickly like i grew up watching marty stauffer and gordon eastman they were my idols and they really i think were most people in this room the um as we were talking earlier the wenzel brothers yeah Yeah. the wenzel brothers you know the 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 real uh trailblazers of this industry i mean i was inspired by them and i i've always been a student of this industry and hunting and i just kind of watched it go from something that was really cool to watch on tv to all about killing big animals and all about stroking somebody's ego and i just didn't feel like that told our story very well as hunters and so in high school growing up and hunting with my dad and my friends i just saw these opportunities that if I just had a camera in my hands, I could. I felt like I could tell our story better as hunters than what had currently been on TV, and so I just, I just, really, that's the 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 bottom line of everything I do is I just want to tell our story better as hunters and conservationists because I don't feel like to this point it's been told all that great. Now but, you've done a project called Project Elk. Yep. It's a couple years old now. Correct. And you're in the middle of doing one called Project Mule Deer. Tell us about Project Mule Deer. So Project Mule Deer is a film that I partnered with the Mule Deer Foundation with uh, two years ago. And the mission behind that was to, you know, really tell the story of what, why we love mule deer. What, you know, what is so special about the icon of the West? And why, why does this room get filled with hundreds of thousands of people to come support this animal? We know it in this room, but, but a lot of people outside the, the 4 to 8% or whatever of hunters in this country don't understand that. And so um, we just felt like it was time to really tell the story of the mule deer. Um, and so you're doing a documentary type of film. Yes. I mean, this has taken you two years. I mean, well, anymore, you see things being produced almost overnight. It's really encouraging to understand that, you you know, you're doing your work, your homework on this. You're going out and getting what you need to tell this story. And we've been, we've been rolling out um, short clips um, yes. on the Mule Deer Foundation website, and, and they're fantastic. But, but that's just the start. Yeah, exactly. That was the tip of the iceberg of, of where we're all going with this project. And, and that's really it. Uh, the ultimate goal of this is to produce a one-hour documentary that will come on Outdoor Channel this September. 
um, that really will just show, you know, what we're up against as a hunting culture. What are the mule deer up against for the future? You know, what do they have to deal with? What do we have to deal with as hunters and a society? And how are those overlap into the future for the best that we can do as sportsmen for the mule deer, for keeping their habitat open, for keeping connection of these lands together. You know, we've, the reason that we've lost this battle, in my opinion, for so long is because we are a proud people. We don't like to brag. We like our work to be recognized because we bust our backs at what we do. And we want that to just just shine through in the end and the problem is is the opposition doesn't think that way they they love to you know um blow the horn at situations and and get attention on it and we've sat back too long thinking people would recognize what we've done and we've lost we've lost ground because of it and now project mule deer project elk all of us here in this room are trying to rally to do a better job of showing what hunters do for this wildlife. So what you're saying is we got to promote ourselves better. Yes, I think so. And we so. have to promote it in a way that folks think that we're not just out there bloodthirsty savages, you know, taking animals' lives because we get a thrill out of it. Exactly. Yeah. We have to prove what what makes hunters relevant in today's world. You know, what? why should we be a thing? And that was like our conversation we had earlier about where the funding comes from from this wildlife i mean we we as hunters are very proud that we pay for everything that's done out there all the work with wildlife and habitat is because of us and we are proud and would it be nice to get other dollars in to help us with these fights it would but i think that there's a fine balance there of keeping us relevant as hunters and what our role is in society and if and and if we all of a sudden aren't paying for all that wildlife, you know, what is our role then? How do we stay relevant right. with, with the people outside? So you're going to be telling this story about the things we need to be concerned about. Are you going to tell us what we need to be doing too? Is this going to be happening in first person or, you know, is this, give us a feel what you want someone that watches Project Mule Deer to come away with. You know, what do you want to inspire them to do? My, what I would like people to, walk away from project elk with is just project mule deer or sorry yeah. project yeah, mule deer. Project hey you're doing the same yep, thing yep. for elk man <laughs> that's a great thing so um no you know when they walk away from project mule deer i just want it to be a call to action i i feel like there's so many people that love the great outdoors there's so many people that love to go see mule deer out there but even hunters, at the end of the day, the amount of hunters who are willing to go out and volunteer their time or willing to volunteer $35 a year to be a member of the Mule Deer Foundation, I want it to be a call to action and say, what are you doing to leave this better than you found it? What are you doing to ensure that your kids can enjoy the natural world the way we've been able to enjoy it? And I want it to not only educate hunters to make sure we understand our role and how to move forward better, but to also educate non-hunters in our role and what we do. But, but really what I would like to people to walk away from is really to get the sense that we aren't doing enough. There isn't a single person that's doing enough to keep this together for the future. Inspire us to action. Yeah. yeah. Now, I know that um, you love to get out and hunt mule deer along with a lot of other things. What are some of the things you've seen change you know, that you feel that we need to be addressing? You know, what's your favorite way to hunt? And 
you know, give us a little bit about, you know, something that sticks in your mind about all this that you want to be able to pass along to the people you meet, to your kids, to your grandkids, you know, that's those things out there that you can't experience unless you're out there doing it. Yeah, I mean, the it's really endless as far as, you know, what I want people to get out of this or what I would want my kids to get out of this. It's, uh, you know, when I go out into the woods, for me, it's a release. I mean, it really is. Like, I can't imagine a world like we spoke about before where you get, you wake up in a, in a room and you go down a hallway to another room and you, that's the way you exist from room to room, hallway to hallway, street to street. I can't imagine not having that natural world to connect with as a, as humans. I mean, I feel like if I'm having a bad day, I know that there's national forest out there. I know there's a trailhead. I know there's a mountain. I know there's a big wide open space. I can go and get away from everything and sit and I can watch the sunset and I can reset myself and I can go back and I can be a better dad or I can be a better friend or I can be a better son or business associate because I have a chance to decompress and I have a chance to have those moments. I, I honestly can't imagine not having a place to go to to do that. Well, and what we were talking about earlier is that increasingly we have a society that is disconnected from that. They're, they're, they're in urban centers. They don't have access um, to the outdoors or don't maybe necessarily recognize that they do um, or can't get out there quickly and easily. So, so that disconnect, that gulf between people who understand the natural world and those who are living and thriving in a very urban environment, it's, it's growing. Absolutely. Yeah, well, and, and if you're like me, um, the older we get, the, the more we appreciate what we've had up to, and, and the, the harder we fight so that, you know, our kids or grandkids, everyone's kids are going to have that same opportunity. Now, being a hunter myself, um, and, you know, you and I were sharing some stories earlier, oftentimes it's, it's not the kill that leaves the deepest memory with us. It's the experience, the preparation, the little things that happen during a hunt that may or may not be funny or frustrating that you end up coming away with that you know it's not always just the head on the wall or the meat in the freezer it's that oh, you know a, sure. as you mentioned refreshing your soul i call it mountain therapy to be honest with you if i don't get enough mountain therapy i can turn into a bigger bear than i already am <laughs> is that possible <laughs> so, so tell us something tell us a little anecdote about a hunt where you learn something that really, you know, made you say wow or, or opened your eyes that, you know, just feed, I got one for you that, that nobody that ever believes. I, nobody ever believes. And this has to do with mule deer. I was guiding in Montana. And this is still one of the coolest deer I've ever had the chance to uh, be around in my life. Um, we hunted this buck for a while. And I had an older hunter with me. And the stars aligned and this guy was able to get a shot at this buck just complete luck we weren't even in the right place at the right i mean nothing it's just the stars aligned and this guy got a shot at this buck that we had known about for years and he hit this buck and he didn't make the best shot he hit him just a little bit uh low in the shoulder so he didn't just immediately go and go down so when we went to get on this deer's track there was snow on the ground, but it was it was just enough snow to cover the open areas, but not underneath where there was uh, like a canopy, a sure. pine tree or something. 
And I'll never forget, it was just me and Albert was the guy's name, and we were tracking this mule deer, and we followed just one track with blood in it right into under this tree, and the track never came out. And it was a, it was a circle of dry ground, 20 yards, not even, 20 feet in a circle. And I remember, you know, you just walk into it, and you go to the other side, assuming the track's just going to come out, and it didn't. And I'm not kidding. It was one track into dry ground and nothing coming out. And, I mean, I even looked like 30 feet too far. <laughs> I, looked, I looked up the tree because <laughs> I'm not kidding. This wow. one track in and nothing out. And we sat there and scratched our heads. Like, I, have, I, I literally looked in the tree for this deer because I didn't know where else he could have <laughs> went. And so I just got to thinking we had went through a patch of thick new growth pine right before we had kind of busted through this little opening to this where it was dry ground (laughs) and so i just thought well maybe maybe he just backed up in his track or something i mean your mind starts doing he did the old walk in the snowshoes backwards he did he fully did and i have witnessed this this deer he's a double drop tine 34 inch wide one of the coolest deer he had 10-inch double drops oh, on both wow. sides. You don't see that very That's often. That's an amazing yeah. buck. No, and he went into this and backed in his own tracks up, I would say, probably five steps total, back into that new-growth pine, and then he had bombed over the top of some of those younger new-growth, done a big leap up over the top where he didn't even knock the snow off or nothing. And I remember, like, I just saw something that didn't look right. So I took the branches, and I pulled them apart and looked through, and there he was bedded, just laying oh, there. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And, we, you know, we finished it at that deal. But uh, I, to me, I mean, I've had more people look at me like, yeah, whatever, cool hunting story, dude, you know. <laughs> but I'll to this day never forget a deer like that in the snow, perfect tracking conditions, how he was able to fool us in the, the where, like, his mind was, he knew what he was doing. He knew he was being pursued by predators. He knew, he knew the game and, and the things that he did to us and how long it stumped us. I will never forget yeah. that. Uh, well, that's, that's an awesome incredible. story. And, you know, it comes back to, you know, these aren't dumb animals out there. No. They, they live in this stuff. And, you know, so what's your favorite way to hunt mule deer, Jason? I mean, I know you're a bow hunter like me. Is it spot and stock? Is it waterhole hunting? You know, is it early season, late season? You know, for you, what is, if you had to choose one way to hunt a mule deer, what would it be? For me, it's just uh, spot and stock during the rut. You know, of course, in Montana, we are one of the few states that can hunt mule deer during the rut over the counter. So I take advantage of it, and I have since I was 12. And to me, I just love getting out in that badlands country. I love finding a good overlook and i i will sit there all day with a with the binocular spotting scope and a lunch i guess yeah and i'll just grid glass i'll start you know if i know i'm in a good area i'll start at one end and i'll go to the other and then if i don't see anything i'll start over and you know i mean just it's amazing you get in the breaks or the you know the badlands country you think you can see everything right you know you sit there for five minutes and it completely changes and five minutes later it's different and I just love hunting that kind of open badlands country during the rut. The amount of deer you see, the amount of activity, you know, you'll see bucks on this top of this ridge and five minutes later he's running a doe clear down in this coulee going wide open. Mm. And 
it's just a frenzy, and I love being out in eastern Yeah, I Montana. got to hunt actually eastern Montana with my 13-year-old daughter this year during a rut, and I'll tell you what, it was awesome. And you know what I found as a dad and a hunter, you sort of take for granted when you have to pass that knowledge on to someone who doesn't know how to do it. You're, you know, where they say, you know, if you want to think you know something, try to teach it to someone else. And, you know, spending that time behind quality glass and, you know, picking apart every rock and seeing how these animals can just choose a spot to lay that's perfect. Oh, yeah. But to us, you know, we're not out there every day. We, you know, we're two-legged animals, therefore it's just an awesome experience. And she ended up shooting, you know, a pretty nice buck and, and had a great time. And I think I was more proud of her shooting that buck than any animal I've ever caught. And, you know, and that was a new feeling to me as, you know, someone who's now teaching their kids. And, you know, I, it, for me, what got to thinking about, did my dad feel the same way? Do my brothers feel Absolutely. the same way when, you know, does everyone feel this way or or are we just so selfish that we think about ourselves? No, and it's passing on the legacy. Yeah. I mean, we're hunting with our 12-year-old daughter now and, and, and seeing it through her eyes, knowing the hard work and not always coming home with anything. But, uh, but, but to pass that legacy on, that heritage that we have, that's a big part of what you're talking about with Project Mule Deer and other things is this is who we are fundamentally and to share that experience with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I, I'm just so happy that there's advocates out there like you that are using the film media to tell these stories the way they need to be told. You know, nothing against anyone. I grew up in the same watching Marty and, and all that other stuff, too. And and I am just so happy that there's someone like you that that's taking it upon yourself to put together something quality, working with the Mule Deer Foundation and all the other people that care about this to get that story out there. Um, you know, and, and we look forward to the release in September. And that's going to be September 2018, correct? Yes, correct. Yep. We don't have an exact date yet, but it will be mid-September. That's going to be um, on the Outdoor Channel. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, will it, and it'll be available. I mean, we're going to be doing some film airing right Are yeah we doing so this the it'll premiere on outdoor channel right. but uh it'll be Im immediately made available online um one way or the other right. we haven't yep. figured out yep. the details we'll but it will be out. available for uh viewing whether w we may charge we may not we're not sure yet the direction we want to go but it will premiere on outdoor and then it'll be made available immediately online so what's next for you after this is done well i mean you know, there's just there's just so many s conservation stories to be told. You know, continue I mean, to beat the drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where my heart is. I mean, this is if I can't tell stories like this, I'll, you know, go try to find something else because this is really where my heart's at. It was never about just seeing myself on TV. It was never about killing bigger deer or proving I was a better hunter. That was never why I had a show. I just did it because. I just wanted our story to be told the way I felt as a hunter and the way that my dad taught me and the way that we want, you know, the way that we feel when we're around the campfire and we have a deer in camp and people don't understand that. And it is l nearly impossible to capture if you don't experience it yourself, even if you've experienced it, it's really hard to capture. So it does mean a lot to me, you know, your guys' support and, and, uh, you know, the things you say about the films, it means a lot because... You know, we put a lot of hard work into trying to find that secret ingredient that does, you know. Um, well, I think the message for our listeners is out there is, is, you know, conservation depends on us. Yeah. The future of this that we do, the mule deer conservation, elk, 
white-tailed deer, turkeys, depends on people like us getting involved and really pushing hard to make sure it's done right. Yeah. And that our story is told the right way. And we ought to be the biggest critics on the people that are telling that story the wrong way. Yeah. And I agree. You know, it, it, I, I can't be happier that this is coming out. I think this is, is going to be a great thing for the Mule Deer Foundation, for Mule Deer, and, and Jason, for you. We, we wish you all the best. I know we'll be talking much more in the future after this comes out, but uh, it's getting pretty late here on day one of the expo. We don't want to take up any more of your time, but but it's been an honor, and we look forward to that film coming out. Thank you thank very you much. For hey, all you do, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Takes a team. All right. So. so you want to learn more about mule deer and mule deer conservation? Go to muledeer.org. Yep, and we have those Project Mule Deer tr- teasers, the monthly ones we've been doing for the last year, and uh, we will have information about when Project Mule Deer is going to be coming out. We'll be we'll be publicizing that as it moves along. Yeah, we hope it's as good as the Star Wars premiere. So you know, <laughs> oh, well, better you, in my opinion. <laughs> you got nothing I'd, to worry I'd, about. I'd, I'd much rather watch the premiere of this than I would <laughs> the premiere of Star Wars. <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, the, I'm Steve Belinda. I'm Jody Stemler, and we're saying goodnight from uh, the expo, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Three years in the making, the Mule Deer Foundation and Jason Matzinger's Project Mule Deer is set to premiere on September 22nd from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sportsman Channel and on the Outdoor Channel from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Through Jason's cinematography, Project Mule Deer captures the iconic mule deer on its journey across the rugged western landscape from winter to summer range and back again. We encourage you to tune in on September 22nd to learn more about this majestic animal and its incredible annual pilgrimage. Thanks for talking mule deer with Steve Belinda and Jody Stemmler. The Mule Deer Foundation is the only conservation group in North America dedicated to restoring, improving, and protecting mule deer and black-tailed deer and their habitat. MDF is a strong voice for hunters in access, wildlife management, and conservation policy issues. To find out more, visit www.muledeer.org and stay tuned for the next episode of Talking Mule Deer.